Welcome back to Second Look. In this episode, Senior Pastor George Robertson interviews John Tenniswood of the Christian Psychological Center. John offers some practical things everyone can do during the pandemic, an age of disconnection for many, to not only cope, but to thrive. Welcome, friends. George Robertson here, Second Presbyterian Church, and it is my uh, pleasure today to interview John Tenniswood from the Christian Psychological Center. And um, uh, John has, I think, some really unique insights into uh, not just coping, but thriving in uh, COVID and and then and the the tumult that the whole period has brought us into, and uh, he has graciously agreed to share those insights with us today. So, welcome, John. Thank you for joining me and and sharing the insights that that God has given you and the, and by which you've the Lord is using you to bring healing and flourishing to many. Yes, uh, thank you so much. This is an incredible. I'm just honored to get to be with you guys, and and I'm just thrilled and and looking forward to a nice conversation. Right. Well, here's where I want to I want to dive right in. We mm-hmm. are obviously living in an age, uh, in, before COVID, living in an age when we're bombarded with uh, information content mm-hmm. all through the day, and um, uh, the the Netflix. Uh, documentary social dilemma has mm. has made this even more frighteningly obvious yeah yeah but um can you give us some insight on what this is doing to us uh yeah what what this plus covid on top of it what kind of impact is it having on us yeah well george i'm kind of a story guy um i really like stories and uh and, and a lot of people can me- memorize scripture. I mean, it's amazing how some people can memorize scripture. I'm not one of those guys, though. I am the guy, though, that can memorize stories. And so the story of where Jesus is walking and he's just c- surrounded, right? And there's so much going on. And this woman reaches out and touches his cloak. And then all of a sudden he's like, wait a minute. I just felt my power go out. What just happened? Uh. And he stops and he addresses it and, and um, basically turns and, and turns to this woman. And I think it's such a great example of what we're trying to do now if, if we're really walking well with God because we're in a similar situation. I mean, back then they had the Romans who were doing their thing. They had infighting within the Jewish culture. They had people who wanted to take over the Romans. They had Herod and all the politics. I mean, it was, you know, I mean, right now we look at our problems, you compare them to those. I mean, they probably had pandemics. I I know there were some pandemics. I don't know if there were in the, in Jesus's area right at that moment. Sure. So he could have easily been distracted by all this stuff. And instead he's, he's, he's literally surrounded by chaos and he's surrounded by people. And at the same time, he still manages to stop and tune in to that woman and attend to her needs. 
which I think is is really what what I try to live by a lot, which is to fuse scripture with my professional experience and say, Lord, how do I be that? Where I'm walking, could be I'm at Starbucks, could be I'm at uh, work, could be I'm with my family on a walk in our neighborhood, could be it's social media and someone's posting all sorts of vitriol but that I am present enough with every single experience, both with God and with that person that I can love God and love them as the greatest commandment says, you know, with all my heart, mind and strength in that moment, just like Jesus did right there. That's my goal for this chaotic experience we're in. Um, And so I definitely have some ideas uh, on how maybe, and I'm glad you brought up that, that social, uh, uh, social dilemma, um, Netflix series, cause it's so hits exactly what a lot of us need to know. You know, it's a secular, uh, uh, documentary obviously, but it really nails well what's going on for us right now. Um, but that, that's my perspective. I don't know if you have follow-up questions or thoughts on just that, that story and what I'm trying to accomplish for myself, but, but yeah. Well, are you saying are you saying then that 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 we I mean we really have to battle mm-hmm. then to to be human. Mm-hmm. Uh, what, what the what the what the the impact of COVID getting us away from each other, mm-hmm. uh, the bombardment of social media and the devices. Uh, by which we have to get that social media. Are you saying it detaches us from that sensitivity to the people around us? Oh, 100%. Yes, absolutely. And so if my goal is to be present with every single person I come across, as if, you know, Jesus says, if, if you give someone a cup of cold water that needs it, you've given it to me. So every single person, if I'm getting served at Perkins, I don't get to be, as a, as a Christian, I don't get to be in my head and have some expectation about how I'm supposed to be treated as a patron. I have to love that person well in that moment as if that person was Jesus, um, and that's my calling. And so the world we're in right now with the chaos and the pressures and the nonstop bombardment on our phones and our media is, is pulling us more to a dehumanizing perspective rather than a, a humanizing calling that God is asking us to be in. And so, um, you know, things, uh, and, and we're being, you know, for the purpose of profit, uh, we're being manipulated in a lot of ways. Um, and I don't think that's any secret that's in that documentary. It's, it's well understood by many scientists now, people in my field that do have PhDs and are far smarter than I am, are setting all this up using things like Pavlov's dog, the theory there a lot of people are familiar with, this thing called intermittent reinforcement, um, and understanding of our dopamine to keep us locked in and to keep us seeking that dopamine hit rather than humanizing someone on the other side of the phone. Right. I'm going to look for that like. I'm going to look for that response that's going to give me that dopamine hit like like a drug, really. Mm -hmm. Um, And I I think just to speak to that, George, and you just stop me whenever, because I'm sure I could just keep keep going off on tangents. But 
a hundred plus years ago, um, Freud, who's a a father of um, psychology and psychotherapy, he believed that cocaine was like a new miracle drug. I mean, he was, he was all in. Well, as we know now, a hundred plus years later, cocaine is not a miracle drug. It's actually quite harmful. I wonder if in a hundred years we look back at this time, if, if God hasn't come and all revelation and all that stuff hasn't happened. Um, and we look at like how we've become so dopamine fixated with our devices. If we don't look back and say, gosh, man, they thought that was a good for them, but that was actually turning them away from each other and away from relationship. And that's not all to say all social media is bad and harmful because it isn't. And it is designed, though, to grab our mind and keep us tuned in and to not pull us out and, and to, to humanize what's going on. Yeah, that's, that's a great insight. And a hundred years before that, it was opium for, for mm-hmm. the British romantics. And, mm-hmm. uh, and, it's, and then several thousand years before that, it was in the garden, wasn't it? With, uh, maybe that's what's going on with it's the reliving of, of, um, of Satan's temptation. You mm-hmm. Do this mm-hmm. and uh, you will be like God. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the, the quest to be like God is actually dehumanizing. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And that's, that's the road that any person who's had a significant addiction has come across. Mm. Is that they get that little uh, forbidden fruit and they get that mm-hmm. taste of it. And at first... Yeah, Satan makes it good. It tastes really good. And then pretty soon, what was good tasting eventually becomes a poison that's literally killing you. Mm-hmm. And, um, and it's interesting even, too, to see the evolution of certain uh, sinful things like pornography and how pornography, you know, we're not dealing with our, our grandpa's pornography right now. Mm-hmm. It is a very different thing that is taken this idea of dopamine and and mixed it with what already is a human vulnerability and now it is a powerhouse porno- pornography that has even really included women in it now whereas in the past it, you know you had your women dabbling but it was far more of a male problem now it's really becoming both and it's even more dehumanizing obviously and so yeah, and, our, and our, our researchers and our marketing people, they have this data. Uh, they have it on us. They know how to use it. Um, and so we've got to really work hard to notice how the, the, this phone is a potential drug if we're not careful. And that drug is potentially harmful. Now, does opium, like you said, or alcohol or a lot of these things have a place in our life? I would say yes for a lot of those drugs, um, painkillers and things like that, just like a phone has a place in connection. But it also now is developing to a place where it has um, a significant harm. And, uh, and we've got to be aware of that because it's going to draw us away from God. It's going to draw us away from each other if we're not careful. I'm going to come back in a moment. I'm going to circle back to that yeah. and ask you for some practical suggestions for, mm-hmm. for detoxing. Yes. Uh, from uh, that, the the social media bombardment, or the just the bombardment of these devices, that the, yes. of all kinds of things that, that these devices bring into us. But let me let me follow up with something that was cued by uh, something you said earlier. 
All right. We, we are able to see each other. Now we're on a podcast. People aren't mm-hmm. here, but we're looking at each other through Zoom. Mm-hmm. And, um, and we have texted and we have emailed. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, so we've been led to believe, before COVID especially, we've been led to believe it's all we need. Mm-hmm. Right? We don't need I mean, what, what more could we ask? I could, I, we've, we're exchanging words, ideas. Yeah. I can see you through this mm-hmm. little screen. Mm-hmm. What is there anything? I, I know. I mean, of course there is something we're missing by being each other's yeah. presence. So what is that? What, what, and it's been accentuated by COVID people are, yeah. and I don't know the answer to this. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I, uh, we know it, it's something, it's a phenomenon we know is true, but as a therapist, tell me, what is it that we're missing by not being in each other's physical yeah. presence? Well, there's a Bible verse that I'm reminded of that says, and again, man, you, you got to always correct me because I'm more of a theme story guy than a literal guy, but where two or more present, I am there with you, right? Right. Well, what is two or more present? Does, are we present or are we not right now? And so it does make me think that there is a place for physical presence, at least based on that scripture. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's kind of the scriptural reference. How I kind of think about social connectedness, I think about it in regards to like a, a diet. Okay, so if you, if you think about your diet across the week, you've got vegetables, you've got fruit, you know, uh, protein, dairy, you know, treats, that kind of stuff. Well, so I would say a text message conversation is like a certain kind of um, carb. It's it's, right now it's necessary, but it's kind of like not the best energy for a relationship. Hmm. Right. And then a face to face, like small groups, that's really well connected. That's like your like spaghetti carbs, like really rich and, and, and energetic and pumping life into you. And then you've got your junk food, which is like Facebook and some of those things, right? We need all of it. Otherwise, we are greatly malnutritioned. And and so I think that – I think we need some face-to-face. I think we need family time. I think we need, you know, Christian fellowship time. Um, And I think that these outlets can absolutely be a valuable part of that. But if your primary source of connection is through Facebook, that's like eating um, donuts and and soda all day long and you feel terrible or, you know, nothing against McDonald's. It has its place. But if you ate McDonald's, there was a documentary on that. You eat McDonald's three meals a day (laughs) for a month. You're going to have issues. So that would just be like the analogy. But I do think scripturally there's a need for people to be physically in each other's presence. I think uh, there's obviously been doctors and different people who've discussed the loss of uh, immunity that we actually have for other things when we're not physically connected. Um, I mentioned dopamine. I think earlier there's actually positive chemical releases in the presence of others that doesn't exist in, in my knowledge the same way, including like physical touch. They recommend as, um, and I'm going to get into these nervous systems in just a second because you prompted that piece. Uh, but actually when you get a physical massage, unless you have some kind of trauma, um, 
that actually releases dopamine and actually activates what we call the parasympathetic rest and digest system. So we know that God also built us to where physical touch has a, uh, a healing component, a calming component to it. They also notice this when people pet animals, you know, just petting a dog, petting a cat, those kinds of things. So I don't know if that's a good segue yeah. into the next part, but. It really is. I just want to, I'm, I'm glad you said that about the, the, um, the, the studies on positive effects of, of, um, the chemical effects on one another and, mm-hmm. and some of that from the positive psychology movement, they've, isn't it true that there's, there's something that occurs even if you're six feet apart from somebody mm-hmm. and you're not able to touch the other person mm-hmm. yeah. there, there's an impact on heart health and, oh, yeah. and brain health. There's, there's something going on just because we can't see it. Yeah. Um, does it mean that, that there's not an impact by one person's um, one person's physical presence positively or negatively on mm-hmm. the other. And yeah. part of the reason God commands us not to neglect the, the, the fellowshipping or the gathering with one another in worship because it's a holistic experience. Yeah. Well, yeah, if you think of there's several different biblical analogies, but you know, if I have uh you know, a problem with, a, a, like, let's say I get a, I don't know, I'm hiking and I get a, a tick on my leg. Well, what am I going to do? I'm going to take my hand and get that tick off, right? So one part of the body is helping another part of the body. And so if we're not actually having contact with other believers, we're not actually able to assist them in, in a lot of ways. Now, of course, there's some of that that can occur through texts and um you know, emails and whatever else. And that's fine too. But I think there are certain things that cannot happen without physical presence. And, and literally when you're in the presence of another believer, you are in the presence of, of God because they have invited God in. And so now we have the opportunity for iron to shape iron as well. And that's really important too, for a Christian to be sanctified for them to be in the presence of another believer and being pushed in that way is going to take both of them further along and closer to God as well. I'm glad you said that. There's that there's that, that passage I've been wrestling, I've been, I've been meditating on more than usual in, in Romans 8. The spirit who brought Jesus back from the dead is the spirit who gives life to your mortal body. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the spirit's not just giving spiritual life as if spirit and body can be disconnected. But if it's, if it's giving life to your body, it makes sense that if you're in the presence of the spirit, giving life to another person's body to bring those bodies within proximity, the spirit's going to commune with himself and, Mm -hmm. and, and uh, accentuate the life you each have in your mortal body. Well, I want to, I want to transition now into um, uh, what I think is a peculiarly brilliant insight of yours on just how, what are some practical things we can yeah. do in this age of disconnection as well as manipulation? Yeah, yeah. So, so our nervous system, most people are familiar with our nervous system, our brain, our nerves that travel throughout our body. It branches off several different times, peripheral, central, until you get to this point of what's called the autonomic nervous system. 
and I'm sure there's going to be doctors or other people that listen to this and they can definitely fact check me on a lot of this if they want to. But, but that, that goes into the parasympathetic and the sympathetic nervous system. Okay, the sympathetic nervous system connects to all sorts of organs and, and functions basically to prepare us as if we were under threat. Okay, so the sympathetic is fight or flight. Okay, the parasympathetic is what we call rest and digest. And the good news is, is that there's very clear things we can do to activate the parasympathetic nervous system. Because as you are getting nonstop alerts about social unrest, um, about, you know, civil war, some, you know, I mean, there's so many different things, the cable news and the, the nonstop bombardment and then the people who post stuff on Facebook and that kind of thing, that activates that sympathetic nervous system almost as if like you were out in the, in the forest and a bear jumped out. It's not quite that intense. There's varying levels of it, but the stress hormone is shot into you. And then just enough, enough of those throughout the day, and pretty soon you're disconnected. You're in survival brain. You're not in connection brain, okay? And, and then it's going to be far, more, far less likely that you're going to be present and, and aware of the person in front of you and loving them well because it's hard to really love someone well when you're trying to escape a bear, essentially. And so certain things just to give people some tips out there that you can do, um, and a lot of these people are going to be aware of, um, but the parasympathetic is activated by our out-breath. So when you breathe in and then you breathe out, if you can really slow down that out-breath, really just make it almost dramatically slow. It really helps to activate that parasympathetic rest and digest uh, mode. And you'll notice that you've done this because your mouth will fill with saliva. So if, if, you're, if you're practicing this, and you can just do it simply, just do 10 breaths. Put the phone away. <laughs> get yourself away from things if you can. And just try 10 breaths and just count on the one outward. Um, sometimes I pair this with prayer. So like, I'll, I'll just pick a word um, like Jesus or, um, whole, you know, holy or just something that, um, that also helps me connect to God. And then I'm just, I'm just breathing out nice and slow and, and trying to absorb uh, his love and his connection all at the same time. That one is very helpful. You have, you have more for us? Yeah. Yeah. So, okay. Um, some other ones like laughter is fantastic to activate the parasympathetic nervous system. And um, right now, I think as we've seen, you know, comedy in some ways has has kind of been canceled and there's just been a lot of stuff. The beautiful thing though is we have access to humor like we've never had it in the history of time, which is beautiful. Like you can find almost anything on YouTube. If you have a bathroom sense of humor, you can find that. If you have a sophisticated sense of humor, you can find that. If you like dog videos, cat videos, um, whatever it is, it's, it's out there. But really look for that good, hearty belly laugh. Um, I really am hoping COVID relents a little bit because Tim Hawkins, if anybody hasn't seen him, I've seen secular comedians. I've seen a lot of people. But his he can play instruments. He can do voices. 
He can do impressions. He has the setup punchline thing down. He's the best comedian I've ever seen, and I get hours of belly, full belly laughs, activating that rest and digest mode. Um, so laughing is, is super important. Completely agree. We saw we saw Hawkins at uh, Hope mm-hmm. uh, when he came here last, and my whole family went, and our stomachs were hurting. Yes, uh, yes. By the end, yeah, it's yeah. really therapeutic. Yeah, yeah. Um, there, there's some other ones that are kind of, you know, more strange, like, uh, standing on your head is one I've heard. Now, some people, again, may want to fact check me on that, but I do think that goes along with some of the relaxation and things people have found with Mm -hmm. yoga, certain yoga poses that really kind of, um, you know, bring about this reset, uh, that we get with our parasympathetic nervous system. Um, others, uh, you know, obviously exercise acts on some other chemicals. Um, by the way, laughter also releases dopamine. Laughter is a, a great, uh, natural dopamine, uh, release versus kind of some of the more unnatural dopamine releasers that can be, um, leave you with sort of the hangover effect. Um, let's see, the breathing, laughter, standing on your head. Um, obviously social connection, physical contact. Um, again, now some people with trauma out there, the physical contact thing is actually going to activate more stress and more, uh, sympathetic nervous system because they're going to feel under threat. So those folks are going to want to be careful of that one. But if you don't have that and, and you feel comfortable with the COVID thing and aren't in a high risk, you know, get, getting a massage and that can absolutely be something great to activate that. And George, if I could say one more thing, then I'll, um, I know I've done a lot of talking, but uh, when you activate that rest and digest enough, there's so many benefits because I mean, literally rest and digest people who, who either you have an eating problem, you eat too much because you're stress eating people who aren't eating enough because their stress is too intense. Um, People who are having chronic illnesses, you know, immune issues and things like that. When you're getting your body more in the rest and digest mode, your food's going to be better digested. You're going to get more nutrients out of it. Um, There's just a lot of benefit to getting that more activated. And right now, there is so much money being made out of keeping us in the other one. Because we get stressed. Well, where do we go for our dopamine hit? We're going back to social media, which is also, though, it's like this loop. It's like going into the casino. You get stuck in there. You can't find the exit. You, you know, you can't find the bathroom. You, you, it, it's, you're, you get stuck in that loop of both getting triggered, but then finding your dopamine hit in the likes. And so it, it, you're far less likely to get off of it once you get on. So I, I hope that was kind of what you're looking for. Yes. Any, anything about um, spiritual disciplines that or, or uh, worship or... Yeah. Uh, yeah. Things that we we uh, typically think of as spiritual activities, but they're they have physical benefits. What? Yeah, yeah. What would you say about? Well, so uh, this thing that I talked about at the beginning with Jesus kind of walking and just being present enough to notice, cultivating a lifestyle of doing one thing and one thing really well. If you're gonna, you know, do your Bible and read your Bible. Well, if you have your TV on and the phone's there and the kids are running around, sometimes some of these things are unavoidable, right? But if you can try to do that one thing and that one thing well, 
if it's worship, right? If you don't have to bring your phone into worship, I don't think you should. If, I mean, if you're on call, you're a doctor, or you've got someone, you know, in critical care or whatever, bring your phone in. But if you don't, then I would say don't because it's just going to alert you and try to draw you out of connecting with God um, with your full experience. And that is a training process. That's what I do a lot of um, with mindfulness. And, and so, uh, you know, George, you know, I'm sure way more about some of the, the older disciplines of um, Christian contemplative prayer and some of those things. And I know some denominations have concerns and things with some of those, and I definitely respect some of that. Uh, but I know there are some of those older disciplines as far as just slowing down and listening prayers. It's great to, to pray and talk to God. I think it's great to put things away and just sit with God. And, and even if it's like my morning routine is I get my coffee and, you know, I just will sit and everything else is away and I just, I smell my coffee, I taste it, I, I, I just try to open myself. I say, God, I want to hear anything you want to tell me before I get this day started. And so it's just me and, and my coffee and God sitting there and it's a three to five minute process. It's hard to get these things started. I know that. But once you do, it will feel so much better that then it's really hard to stop to a degree. Yeah. Uh, but it is hard to break away from the drug of dopamine with screens right now. It's really hard. And I encourage people to take it seriously as if this was a cocaine addiction. Um, and, and so I think having, having that five minutes a day to slow down – or whatever it is, you know, if you're taking your dog for a walk, try just to take your dog for a walk. Yeah. See if you can do that. Use your phone, make the connections, keep up with your family in Canada or, or Washington or Texas or wherever they are. But at the same time, give yourself doing one thing and one thing well, and then see how much more calm you feel doing that. Um, and then you're, you'll be better able to plan out the next thing you want to do with yourself too. I, I'm so glad you said that about the about the coffee. I, it's, it's normalizing to me because I've long had a, a practice on Sunday mornings of I call it uh, uh, having a cup of coffee with the Lord. <laughs> yeah. Because what I can do is I can get up and I can I'm I'm getting myself uh, ready, showering, shaving, yada yada, and then whatever spare moments I have right up until the the preaching event, I'm tempted to, to, to think about my sermon, even to work mm -hmm. on my sermon. And, mm -hmm. and, um, I've, I've just, one of my favorite thing to do is to give myself permission. Uh, just like you were doing the, 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 the audience can't see you're holding your coffee cup with two hands, which means you can't grab a pen to work on your <laughs> sermon or anything else. Yeah. Uh, you can't text and uh, you are listening to the Lord. Mm -hmm. I, I don't even have to, I, I've, I'm also conscious of, of not coming up with a list of things. I'm, I'm just telling him or asking him for, yeah. but listening it's been one of the most restorative things and i need to do it every day yeah um i i, I uh see what you think about this as well i i found it 
I found it necessary. I'm going to give away a secret. Sometimes I make an appointment with myself. You know, I'm sure you in the people helping profession, you have to do the same thing. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Well, your your clients are, are not, you know, if you say, hey, I'm I'm having a cough, I'm having a cup of coffee. What? Yeah. That's not excusable. Yes. And you, yes. I need you. Yes. Or I'm going to my son's soccer match or something. Even that's yes. not as easy. But if yeah. you say, I'm sorry, I have an appointment. Oh, <laughs> I mean, the world will stop unless yes. you have your appointment. Right. Yeah. No, that's great. And um, I do kind of have some of those things built into my schedule too. And I think really the, um, the, whether you call it the ethos or the zeitgeist of our, of our world and where we've been that I have, that God I think has kind of uh, convicted me of across the years is that we are a, a culture of productivity that if you're not working then you're not productive and it's, and it's even in the church and then when I look at Jesus and then I look at like what God said, um, you know, it's interesting that God delivered the Ten Commandments after the people were, were enslaved. They were yeah. slaves and it was all productivity. How many bricks and how many, you know, how much can you produce? And then God says, okay, we're going to make sure this is written in stone, literally, that you have a day where you can't produce anything more or less, that you need to go chill out. And then Jesus, it's, there's all these times where he's chilling out. He's at a wedding, turning water into wine, chilling out. He's not producing anything, right? He's sitting down at a party. Lady dumps, you know, a bunch of expensive stuff on his head, right? He's just walking around. He's hanging out in a boat, taking a nap. I mean, this is our model. And he is showing us, hey, guys, it's okay to chill out occasionally. And uh, so, yeah, I think... But what we're in, a, we're in a, a productivity zeitgeist, like just spirit, not actual spirit, but just kind of the, the times that we're in are, are literally just saying you can't rest. And I think we got to make sure we find time for that. Of course, some people, their issue is getting productive. And I know that's another conversation for a different day. But for a lot of us, it's how do we settle down? calm ourselves down, use some of these different unique skills to set our system into a, a more calming place. And then again, once you do, I really don't, you know, I don't have cable. I've got some TV, but if I'm watching a show, I'm watching it. It's like, I'm going to devote this 20 minutes into this and that's it. I'm not going to do, you know, it's not going to be my whole day. I encourage people to, to live uh, intentionally like that. To me, it feels very uh, rich to get to live my life like that. You know, um, so I, I don't know if I could go back to the old way, which I lived eight years ago like that. Social media wasn't as big of a thing, but I still was like, okay, how do I maximize every moment, every day? How much can I push myself? How little sleep? You know, yeah. Yeah, so it, it's, a, it's, a, it's another form of works righteousness and a, mm -hmm. another way of desperately trying to cover our inadequacies with the fig yeah. leaves of Mm. of our productivity and I, yeah. I am i am uh i'm constant the lord is constantly uh having to drum that out of me mm -hmm. and let me settle in his yes. accomplished righteousness uh thank you so much john this mm -hmm. this is a, a lot to to uh for us to take in and meditate on mm -hmm. over a mm -hmm. cup of coffee
and I yeah. hope you produce a. Uh, I hope you you uh, produce a paraphrased Bible. I love the way you retell the stories. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate that. Yeah, thank you. I uh, like I said, that's just how I remember things. I just I read through it, and then it just it stores in there. But it, yeah, like I said, I, I've tried to really memorize, and it, it just doesn't do as well for me, unfortunately. Yeah. No, I I love it. I, since you began with uh, with uh, the woman who touched Jesus, I I uh, I've been thinking about William Cooper's hymn mm. uh, the whole time. Heal us, Emmanuel. Mm-hmm. And I want to close the the podcast with the last two stanzas of that. Mm-hmm. And it, I think it captures very well the, the ideas you've been leading us to. She too who touched thee in the press and healing virtue stole was answered. Daughter, go in peace. Thy faith has made thee whole. Like her, with hopes and fears we come to touch thee if we may. Oh, send us not despairing home. Send none unhealed away. Um, I know it's our mutual prayer that those mm-hmm. listening today will leave with healing. Yes. Yeah. So thank you yeah. very much. Would you close us in prayer? Absolutely. Absolutely. That's thank right. you so much, George. Yeah. Um, Father, I am uh, grateful here for uh, Pastor Robertson, Lord. This was just such a, a nice blessing. And um, I, I just, uh, this kind of stuff is, is the richness of, 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 of what you give to us and these kinds of discussion and connections. And I'm so glad to get to talk to George here and, and just this opportunity, Lord. Um, so Lord be with uh, the congregation, Lord at, at second and, and all around Memphis, Lord and our country, just the challenges we face, Lord, we know that you're the only answer. And we know that, that you provide all sorts of different ways for us to, to access you and to um, experience you. Just make those known. Um, Lord, help us slow down enough to hear you clearly and, and also to then to be strong enough to act um, on, on what you tell us. And, uh, and just, just help us, Lord, build in the disciplines that would connect us strongly to you and just encourage us to continue through all these things, Lord, to, to see you and see where you'd have us, even though that may be very difficult and dark at times. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much.